is spanking good for your butt? Like, is it is it good for your butt? Like a like a pull. So if you spank somebody, does it make their butt stronger? Like a pull up would make your shoulders stronger. Yes, that's how that works. It's like exercise. Yes. How come more people don't engage in spanking? Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Ryan Dombrowski. I'm the Ninja Fat Man from Doom Ninja Podcast, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Super Goatee Brothers, the story podcast in which two teenage, middle-aged millennials try to grow facial hair and talk about being butthurt. Are we middle-aged now? Or have we officially, We're middle-aged. Have we officially reached that category? Literally unlivable. That's... And you, like, live, you like live around young people. Like, you go to young people parties... You do young people things, so that just makes you like the extra creepy old guy. Then, if you're not middle aged, I've always been extra creepy. Thank you very much. I don't need age to be a factor in that. I see. Creepy is more of a lifestyle. It's more of a how you project yourself. Yeah. Okay. Good. I can see that. Yeah. No, Frank. I just have not shaved. I've just been lazy. I'm not trying to do whatever you're doing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to do at this point anymore either. Just. When January, can we? You know what it is? It's 2016. That's it, isn't it? I don't know. It's, you you know, only I, look like that because it's 2016, and when 2017 rolls around, we're both going to look normal again. You know, so I've actually had compliments on it, saying that it makes me look older because I do, without the beard, I, I do look like I'm, I'm 16. So that is a that is a, a problem that I have. But I have had compliments that it is starting to look look good, like actually look good. Um, but I don't know if just – and it's been from multiple people, but I don't know if they're just lying to me. Yeah, it's not a compliment to be told you look older. It's not a compliment. No, that's not the compliment. The compliment is not they, – they tell me it looks good. They also tell me it looks older. It makes me look older. Okay. Yeah, it's, no, it's Those both. are independent. I agree. I agree. Those are not the same thing. Right. But – Yeah, no. I want to look young. But if, I, if, I, if someone told me that a thing made me look good and older, I would say, well, I looked pretty good young. So, you know, suck it, and then I would shave it, and then I would kill them. That's that seems. I don't know. That seems dramatic in that particular. It might be an overreaction, but I I don't know. I I I I I I I I I I don't know. 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 You tell me. I was telling you. Anyway, I don't know if those people that are giving me compliments on it are lying, because they could all be lying. They're lying. Because you look like I can, garbage with a beard. So I, I, I mean, this isn't even a thing. I just have forgotten to show. I'm telling you objectively, you and I are not made for facial hair. It's not in our gene pool. It's just not I like, know, I mean, I hair happens to grow in certain places, but it doesn't mean that you should, that one should have it. Name eight of them. Are you, what is this, Blossom? 
Is this the TV show <laughs> Blossom? Is this a sitcom Blossom? With Joey Lawrence. Is, it, is that hey, what this Blossom. just became? Because I can name... Because I can name eight, because that's what Blossom did. What are we talking about today? What what even what is this? Where are we? We the show started with spanking, and then now we're on Blossom, possibly spanking Blossom. I, you know, I think that on Game Life Balance US, we could we could we could stand to spend a little bit more time talking about spanking and Blossom. You know, it's a it's a it's a natural part of life. It is a, a hot topic in the dating world. It's not natural. It is a, a parental form of corporal punishment. It is. It, it fits into every f- part of life. At what stage of your life is spanking not relevant? How was it? Name. How was it? Name eight. Name eight of them. Okay, you know what? I can't. I can't. So it, it really is relevant at all times. Right. So. You know. Perfect. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's the Game Life Balance US, as as the audio listener will have have heard from the intro, and we will talk about games um, at, at at near the end. But really, what it is more than that is a you know, it's talking about kind of how to how to balance games and life, and and uh, and and we'll do that eventually if we can get past this this spanking segment that I think that I think does show a, a a different side of the podcast that people need to be aware of. Like, I, I don't think that most of our audience is aware of the, of the sheer, you know, just magnitude that spanking plays a part of in our everyday lives. You know, I, I remember, I remember growing up with you, I, you know, in high school when we, when we used to say hi to each other, like you come over to my place and we'd go play Smash Brothers, we'd spank each other. And that was how we greeted one another. And, you know, that literally never happened. It's a, it's, it's a part of our lore. You know what I'm saying? It's a part of our lore. I thought we, I thought we removed those stories from the canon of our story. You don't. You don't remove things from. Can- the only thing you remove from the you, from a cannon is balls. Like the extent. And like the if there's one even. thing this podcast has, it's balls. All of them. All the balls. Tremendous balls. Tremendous. Huge balls. Huge. They're huge. So. Well, I think we're going to start off talking mm. about. Uh, you've got some travel stuff to talk about. Then I've got some travel stuff to talk about. Uh, and then you're going to talk about Final Fantasy 14. Is that right? Final Fantasy 14 again? <laughs> what? When's the last time I talked about Final Fantasy 14? It's Come been on, like the man. last few episodes of the show. Final Fantasy 14 on, is the dude. new Final Fantasy 13 too. Uh, you were in, you were in Mexico, which you didn't, Mexico. which you didn't tell me about. Okay, you're sitting there complaining that I didn't tell you I was going to California, which I did. I know I did at some point. Uh, you you told me like the day before you went to Mexico that you were going to Mexico. Yeah. No. I. You never told me about California. Also, I didn't know I was going to Mexico until three days before I went to Mexico. Because my work was all of a sudden just like, hey, BT Dubs, um, we need you to do a training in Mexico. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll go to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, you don't pass up a chance, right? Did you train them on how to use Twitter? Did you tell them about hashtags? I did, actually. You did, <laughs> That's didn't pretty you? Much that was I, you, you... I, I went to... Yeah, I went to Mexico. I, th- I thought the theme you of this... Taught, you taught 60-year-old salesmen how to use hashtags. I thought this episode, we'd, we talk a little bit about travel, because I don't know if you know this, but if you travel literally anywhere, you will die. That doesn't seem right. Did you know that? That doesn't seem right, because I just traveled. Right. And yet, 
you probably died, and you just don't know it. No, but I didn't, though, because I'm here. And oh, wait what a I mean minute. By that is, this is one of the circles of hell. <laughs> what I mean by that is, I found out I was going to Mexico City for work, and decided to grab a cheap Airbnb, because I, I, I did this training on a Friday, so... I figured, well, I'm in Mexico City. I'll stay a couple days. I grabbed a cheap Airbnb. And by cheap, I mean less than 100 bucks total for two nights. I mean, it's cheap there. That's sweet. And, uh, yeah, and it, so it's like, okay, cool. The dollar is very strong against the peso. It's really cheap to be there. I'll just, I'll just stay there for like a day, go see Teotihuacan, the ancient Mexican city, which, which I have always wanted to go to ever since realizing that it is a wonder in civilization, the Sid Meier Civilization Games. That's not a joke. That's a, an appropriate reason. I thought so. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go there. It's right by the city. And then I'll enjoy some burritos or something. Burrito is a ancient Mexican tradition. Uh, enchilada. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? That's got the sauce. That's got the enchilada. Uh, double-decker taco supreme. enchilada sauce on it. It's got a special mm-hmm. double decker taco supreme. Oh, that's where they take that's where they take the hard shell taco and then they put a layer of refried Taco Bell beans. Around. It's got to be the Taco Bell beans though on the outside, and then they fold the soft shell taco around the hard shell taco, and so you've got two layers, which is why it's a, a double decker taco. Super. It's it's a f- fabulous food. It is. It was wonderful. It was invested a wonderful by the food product. Aztecs. Yes. Yeah. From the ancient Aztecs. Yeah, and authentic ones are so, very hard to find, so that's kind of impressive that you got one. Yeah. So I told a few people I'm going. Literally every single person, every single person, I said, their immediate reaction was not, oh, that's cool. Oh, here's something you should do or try. Oh, how long will you be there? Oh, what will you plan on mm-hmm. doing? None of that. No interest whatsoever. The only thing, immediately, and I told probably 12 or 13 people between family, coworkers, and friends about this, okay. like 12 to 15 people maybe, every single person, their immediate reaction was, you know, it's really dangerous there. You better be really careful. You're probably going to get robbed. Really? Yes. That was not at all my reaction. My reaction was, I hope you get robbed. And I hope yeah. you get killed there because it's dangerous. That's totally right. different. And that's what I would have expected from, you know, society. Anyway, but here we anyway, are. Anyway, actually, I don't have, I didn't realize that. Is that a true thing? Did you feel, no. did you feel unsafe? <laughs> Not in any way, shape, or form at any point. So I just, yeah, I don't know. I, did you join a drug cartel? I did not. No. Like you've, I mean, I have a skewed perspective because, as a female, my girlfriend, who is, happens to be female, has traveled to many places that many Americans would not consider safe, mm-hmm. like Morocco or Russia and places like that, by herself as a female. And but, but she's like this adventurous, exploratory spirit. And I look at her, who's you know a foot shorter than me, and I think, oh, well, if she can brave the planet and go places with unfamiliar languages and be adventurous and... Uh, be a young 20-something girl and survive these places. I, as a six-foot-four man who's in reasonably good shape and pretty well-traveled and kind of knows what he's doing and even knows some Spanish, should probably be able to survive a city of 20 or 30 million people. For like two one days. Of the, 
Yeah, for two days, probably, you know, since I'm staying in the middle of a city in a highly populated upper class neighborhood down the street from a Mercedes dealer and about half a mile from like a Prada store and a Gucci outlet. Like literally I was staying kind of in their Times Square district kind of area. So I've never been to Mexico City. What did you think? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I absolutely want to go back. And it was awesome. What made it great? It, I liked, so I, you know, I spent a lot of time in Madrid over the summer. I didn't like the architecture in Madrid. I liked the architecture in Mexico City. I didn't, I don't know. I just, I like, it's just people were all very friendly, even after finding out I'm an American, which let's face it, we, no one owes us any favors right about now, especially Mexico, for God's sake. Um, yet yeah, everyone was super friendly. It was easy to navigate. It was clean. It was just pleasant. It was just a nice city. I felt like I was walking around Chicago. It was cool. And I just, you know, I, I got into Facebook with, with one of my dad's friends, actually, who has traveled extensively. He spent a ton of time in Mexico City. He, like, basically had a business there. Mm-hmm. And he even, you know, kind of lectured me on how dangerous it is and all this other stuff. But I just, I don't know. I, I've, you can't go anywhere and it's going to be perfectly safe, right? Like, Chicago has a pretty high crime rate. I don't know. I, I was just very disheartened by the entire other people's perception experience. And when I got back, you know, I think it was like my mom or somebody was just like, well, I'm just glad you're safe. Not like, oh, did you have fun or what cool things <laughs> yeah. did you do? Just, oh, I'm glad you – like the only fa- – like is Mexico City some death trap? Like is what people made it sound like is like Mexico City is a dangerous place full of like rapists and murderers. You're lucky to get out unscathed and there's nothing worth risking your, you know, your perfect American safety for two days to possibly see your experience. And it's like, isn't that xenophobic? You know, I think there's got, there's probably some element of truth somewhere in there, I would imagine. I mean, Um, yeah, there's a crime rate and yeah, there's... There's stories yeah. of people being kidnapped, et cetera, but... Yeah, and they're not white. I mean... Right, there's that. Or, yeah. That's yeah. Ju- you know, I didn't notice that until, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, now that I bring it up, it's it kind of pops out, right? Well, it's kind of everywhere. Now I am lucky to be alive. Oh my God, yeah, yeah you're right. People yeah. didn't look like me? Holy crap, how could I survive? Yeah, exactly. I was extremely disheartened by people's reactions. So you you kind of you kind of quoted this segment. You know, uh, folks, we write up notes to the show, and and your 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 notes for this segment are risks of traveling, which I assume is you bringing up the fact that Mexico City is a dangerous place to live, and then when to be completely terrified when not at home. What do you mean by that? Like, like Wait, when is it appropriate to be scared when you're traveling? I guess I feel like there's a degree of risk anytime you go anywhere. Absolutely. That could be perceived as dangerous, but... Absolutely. I think there are places I would not travel. I don't want to go to Brazil because I feel like I would probably get killed in Rio because I've heard stories and it just seems like a terrible place. I just, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere in the Middle East right now because it's unstable. Uh, But Mexico City, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, I don't think in in the heart of the city where there is a highly visible police force and you're out during the day and being smart about traveling. I just don't, 
people shouldn't be terrified to travel. Like, John, it was so cheap. It was so cheap. I had one of the best fast food, uh, not fast food. I had one of the best seafood meals. I mean, it originated Taco Bell is so good. I had one of the best seafood dishes I have ever had at a restaurant there, and it was probably eight American dollars. Because the, it's just ridiculous against the peso. I took it took probably a like a thirty mile trip to Teotihuacan on an Uber, and it cost me twenty bucks. Because it's it's just you know, and I I don't want to be that American like oh look how strong our dollar is like I don't want to be a dick about it. But objectively, if you go, it's extremely affordable. You can do a lot of really cool things, and there's a lot to offer, and there's a lot to see. And I got to practice my Spanish for like two full days. And it was awesome. And I just, I don't know. I was, I was like, I'm taking the like super, uh, super curmudgeonly, just really annoyed, negative uh, approach to talking about it. Cause I just like, I just got lectured for a week about how dangerous it is. And I, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of closed minded to people. I honestly think that's, I, I really feel like that's really weird because I, the first thing that I think about when I think of Mexico City is not. The dangers of Mexico. Now that could be, that could be because I've been to Mexico a couple of times with my wife. So maybe that has something to do with it. But that was not at all what I was thinking when you said you were going to Mexico. Well, I'm glad that you don't think that. I mean, I know you wanted me to get killed regardless, but that's any time I leave my house, really. Actually, it's also when you're in your house. <laughs> that's that's why I lock my door when we podcast. Yeah, in case yeah. you send someone after me. I know how you are. You'd send someone here to spank me. I did, re- I did read a wonderful article about Russian spies and how they kill people the other day on The Atlantic, which was really fascinating. So uh, I did learn a few things from that. Just, uh, I guess I'm just saying watch your back. There are no Russians in Mexico. I checked. There are a lot in Chicago, though. Uh, you know, I had a... In fact, I know one pretty awful one. Um, I traveled, too. My travel experience was a little different. Neither of us traveled for fun. I traveled for fun, but when you travel with a kid... Wait, you just said the opposite of I did. what you said. Let me backtrack on that. You traveled for work. <laughs> ultimately, it was work, right? Yeah. Okay. I traveled Well, for... actually, ultimately, it ended up being fun, because I did a lot of cool stuff Saturday. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And then when I left, I felt like it was more of a leisure trip. Okay. I traveled for fun, and it was fun, but ultimately... It was the first time we've traveled with Max, my son, and that is some work. So it was we were opposite. We were. We ended up doing we ended up doing opposite. So we went out to uh, California where my brother lives. Uh, he and his wife have a one and a half year old. Max is now two and a half, and we've made the decision that we're going to at least try to see each other twice a year. So my brother and his wife came and flew out here. Uh, in wait, like, you're going to fe- try to see your son twice a year? That's a bit I'm ambitious, lucky. isn't it? I know if I'm lucky. Um, so they flew out in like February or March or something like that of this year, quite a while ago. And then this was when we had the opportunity to get out there. So we, we were like, okay, it's gonna be Max's first plane trip. We're gonna, let's do this. All right, let's do the plane trip. So there's this whole planning process when it comes to traveling. Amplify that planning process by like four times when you decide that you want to travel with a toddler because there has to be, there is so much more that you have to bring to ensure the entertainment of your toddler and to prevent your toddler from making the rest of the plane miserable, right? Because that's what, that was, I think, both Casey and my biggest fear was that we were going to get on the plane and Max was going to start crying, you know, within the first 15 seconds of being on the plane. 
and be one of those kids that literally cries for the entire four-hour flight because the flight from where we're at is four hours. So that was our biggest fear. So Casey, bless her, did like all of the packing for him. And we had all of these books. We had a crazy amount of snacks. We just had an insane amount of stuff. And her, the secret weapon was we got a portable DVD player. And my son is obsessed with Sesame Street, specifically Elmo. So we had all these DVDs that had Elmo on them. So when we got on the plane, we ended up setting him up with the DVD player. And he got to watch Elmo the entire flight. And he was one of the best behaved children because of that that I've ever seen. So he watched he watched Elmo the whole way out. You know, Casey was feeding him a bunch of snacks and stuff to uh, to keep him occupied. And we get off and we we rented a car. And so we get down to our rental car and we start driving and we're like five minutes into the drive. And my son starts projectile vomiting in the back seat because he had too many snacks. <laughs> so there's pu- there's puke all over the rental car, all over Max. Uh, and that was kind of how we rolled up to my brother's house that very first day. So that was kind of fun. Uh, but overall, like, you know, we were gone for, we were gone for, for a full week for six days. And, um, like a two and a half, two and a half year old can be so frustrating because you, we were so excited to introduce him to all of these things that he didn't get the chance to see in, in uh, Minnesota. One being like the ocean. So we went to the ocean and he loved it. And that was awesome. Um, he ended up chasing birds around uh like seagulls and and other types of birds pigeons around the uh the beach for like 20 minutes and he had the best time ever and then he actually got into the ocean and we put our feet in the water and he was obsessed with that too so that was like a great a great trip and of course then he didn't want to leave which that's that's a different issue but we also went to disneyland one day and disneyland is supposed to be the happiest place on earth it's also very expensive and it's the it's the type of place that you spend an entire day at when you buy tickets to go. Um, Max is still free to get in there, but he I would say that Max was probably ready to leave Disneyland within the first I don't know half an hour of us being there. He just wasn't into it. He just wasn't into it, and we ended up spending like ten hours there. So the whole day was basically us wrangling a toddler, trying to convince him that this is a place that he should spend his time at because he would enjoy himself. Um, and I remember just ending that day incredibly exhausted, like both physically and emotionally, just trying to invest all of that time and all that energy into ensuring that he was happy. So that was tough. But the, the toughest thing for the entire trip was my, uh, my, my brother and his wife have a, um, a house that they just remodeled and there's some rooms that still have some work getting done to them. So we, the whole family, my wife and I and Max all stayed in the same bedroom, which is not a way that we have slept since he was a month old, two months old. He's two years Two and a half. Two Two and and a half. Right. Two and three, Uh, two and two thirds. Almost three. Yeah. Almost, almost three actually. Two and three quarters. So we have not slept with him in the same bedroom as us since he was like two months old. And we were nervous when we found that out because, um, like it. It it could be very distracting for him to have somebody else in the room with him like that, and sure enough, you know he had a couple he had a, a hard time going down when we very first got there because hey it's a completely different environment place he's not used to totally makes sense, but in the middle of the night he would wake up and this happened every single night at like two or three o'clock because of the time change, and he wouldn't just like wake up crawl into bed and fall back asleep he would wake up and get up 
and like get excited and want to play. And that would happen at like two or three in the morning every night, sometimes four in the morning. And he would be up for like two ish hours. And I'm the type of person that once I, once I awaken from sleep, I have a very difficult time going back to sleep. So I can honestly say, I don't think I got more than five hours of sleep on any night the entire trip. And it was, it was brutal. So when we got home, you know, we got home on Saturday, uh, Saturday night and we planned it so that my, my mother-in-law would take Max for the night because we kind of, you know, knew that we would need a, need a night away. And, um, so she picked us up from the airport. My mother-in-law picked us up from the airport, just took Max with her home. And Casey and I slept, both slept for like 14 hours that night. And it was glorious. It was wonderful. So yeah, that was like that was the trip. I will say it was surprising that Max did better on the plane than either of us thought he would do by a lot cuz he he was the same on the way back. Super chill on the way back too. Um but it was weird how difficult it was for him to be out of his just home environment as much as he was. It was it was it was pretty weird. Wow. Yeah. So, uh 10 out of 10 would recommend it. Uh, he's not going to remember any of it, so you know, good on him. Uh, yeah, he had a good time. We all had a good time. You should bring him to to Mexico City, and then he'll okay. have to be alert the whole time because everyone's going to be trying to shoot him the entire time, or and you will drugs. get kidnapped mm-hmm. or sell him drugs. Ah, uh, uh, they'll probably try to sell him for drugs. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, but I, either either way, now well, that sounds. Uh, rough, man. Why were you... Uh, man, that's... It was great, though. Like, it was It was really great to take him on a vacation, and it was great to see my brother and his family. It's just... T- toddlers are tough. So, at what point do you... So, what's your theory on this? Because I always... A lot of people that I know have always... And I, a lot of my friends that I have speculated often on this. When you go to, like, a parade, for example, and you see somebody pushing around a stroller with a child who clearly has no concept of anything, right? What so you think two is early enough to start traveling. So like he'll well, be three think, in February, so you're gonna start doing parades and stuff like that. You think that's the right age for that? Well we mean we saw the parades at uh at, at Disneyland. Um I here's the thing. I your kid is not going to I feel like I feel like your kid is not going to remember like this trip, like Max is not going to remember the ocean and Max is not going to remember Disneyland. But I think those activities like shape and color the development of your kid regardless. So like he won't remember it vividly, but I think it will affect the way he develops, if that makes sense. So that's why I think that those experiences are still important, even if you can't directly assume that your kid is remembering it. Something to do with the way they're processing new information. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have you read any psychology on this or heard? No, it's just a feeling that I have. So like everything on this podcast, completely based on unscientific. On expert opinion. That's completely right. based on expert opinion. That's right. Completely expert opinion. No, I'm just curious because I always have wondered that and I, I, I you know, I'm, I pres- I know you have learned a lot about parenting having 
been doing it for right. nearly three years. So I, I didn't know. And I know you read stuff and I know you learn things and whatever. So I wasn't sure if there was some study you saw or some research or some pediatrician or teacher or something. Just kind of a feeling. I do learn things, but no, nothing like that. No. Just kind of a feeling that it matters. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's dumb to bring kids to that stuff. I would I would probably start around two as well. I think probably you know, in all of my expert knowing nothing about what I would possibly ever do in any role as a parent. Yeah, I mean, it's very obvious that there that there are times where he has where he was having fun. So that's like that's important to it. At least he was enjoying himself, right? Like when we were on the trip. So yeah, it was um it was good. I would travel with him again. I don't think I want every vacation that I take to have a two-year-old on it. So if I convince my girlfriend to go to Las Vegas next year and you and your wife happen to be there, will your son also be in Las Vegas with us? No. You're not gonna, I, will not take a, I will not take a kid to Las Vegas. That's a you're silly not going to sit him in front of the slots? No. That's a, that's a silly place to Black go. Jack, he can blow child. on your dice. Luck be a baby tonight. I don't think they let you do that anymore. And it's luck be a lady tonight. Although luck be a baby tonight is rather clever. Thank you. It rhymes. Yeah. That's why I said it. Yeah. Interesting. Actually, I just don't think you knew. I don't think you knew the quote. I, I was pretty sure I knew what the quote was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, uh, we do have a uh, live viewer in our chat right now. It says Cody back with the Final Fantasy 15 hair. So if you're listening. Wow. Speaking of. 15, not 14. You troll. But the, you're talking about 15. I trolled you earlier. I'm not talking. No, you, you said like that. Four, you played like 40 hours of Final Fantasy 15, according to your notes. I played four hours. No, it says right here. Cody has played 40. Uh, hang on. 40, you 40 literally hours just of Final deleted what I wrote. If I hit undo. No, it says, oh, actually, it just undoes what I did. This is weird. Yeah, because it's always been there. It's always been 40 hours huh. of Final Fantasy 15. So um, tell me, tell me all about that game, because I'm. We're not at that part of the segment yet. We're still talking about traveling. I'm not ready to transition. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you for a loop there. I have to tell you something that happened to me in Mexico City that will make you laugh at me because that's what happens when I tell you about things that I did. (laughs) Okay. That's most of the show. So go ahead. All right. So I went to TOTUCon, which was beautiful and wonderful. I... Actually, there is a a mini video game story I'll tell. When I was at TOTUCon... I had no cell phone reception because it's outside the city. Are you familiar with Teotihuacan at all? That's where they have the, um, like the are they Mayan-style pyramids? So it's weird, actually. It's a pre-Hispanic, I believe is the term they use, a pre-Hispanic culture. It actually predates the, the Aztecs and the Mayans, and it's not part of okay. the Aztec or Mayan Empire civilization. It, it fell around 800 A.D., and there wasn't anything associated with it, like no major wars or anything. No one really knows why it even fell. They, they assume either a plague or political strife or just a mass migration for whatever reason or a combination. But it just kind of is a, is a city that had a huge significance for about a thousand years and then just kind of went away, weirdly. Okay. So really strange, interesting history, and, and a lot of it's kind of speculative. But... um. But there's a few there's a few temples there, a few large kind of pyramids there, basically, and and the archaeologists have determined a lot of ritualistic stuff. But um, there's not much there really, aside from three giant stone pyramids. 
that are kind of okay. cool. It's, but but it's interesting. But anyway, I was there and no cell phone reception, which was great. I was on my own, walking around, just taking it all in. And then there are three temples that you can kind of climb the steps of. There's the Temple of Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl, which, as we all know, is the lightning, lightning bird from Final Fantasy VIII. Yep, the lightning that. guardian force from Final Fantasy VIII, right? And then there's the Temple of the Moon and the Temple of the Sun, and the Temple of the Sun's the biggest one. So when I got to the top of the Temple of the Sun, I, I like glanced on my phone to see what the time was, and I realized I suddenly had reception, which makes sense because I'm at the top of a giant temple, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's now a cell phone tower. It is now a cell it's, it's not, but there is a cell phone tower in the distance. So immediately, I opened up the iTunes store and purchased the theme song from Civilization VI and downloaded it right then and there because uh-huh. I wanted it to be stuck on my head. I like when I travel and I go to a historic site or somewhere, I want to associate music with it. And I really wanted a song, but I didn't have anything saved on my iPhone. So I downloaded it really quickly and then listened to the Civ Six theme. Totally almost just lost it crying like three times. It's just like there's all this emotion and you're right. history. And Yeah, you're right. I'm laughing at you. Yeah, well, I didn't say you were – wait, I never said you were going to laugh at me. I'm going to laugh at you. At no point did I say you'll probably laugh at me for this story. You just in- interjected that sentence. You're right. I'm laughing at you. But that's not what I just said. Just like you said. I would. But if you go back and listen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to it's this podcast. Pod- you're pretty pathetic. So here's the part of the story you'll... Oh, no, I did say you would laugh. But this isn't... No, no, no. That's not the part of the story you were supposed oh, to laugh more? at. Yeah, that wasn't the part you were supposed to... That was an anecdote. Okay. Because this, the, because the podcast is Game Life Balance US, and so that was a game reference mm-hmm. that I was peppering in to prepare the listener for the video game, for the actual Game Life Balance segment later. See, it was a it was a tease. It was a decoupage. It was a... It was, <laughs> I'm never doing this podcast with you ever again. So I'm on the way back from Teotihuacan, and I think to myself, holy crap, I have no plans tonight, and it's a Saturday night in Mexico City. I should see what's going on in the city. Mm-hmm. So I Googled live music in Mexico City because I figured, oh, I'll go see, I don't know, a mariachi band or something. I don't know. Top result is Dream State Mexico City 2016. Do you know what Dream State is? I don't. What is it? It is an annual EDM festival. Of course it is. Last year it was in Southern California, the inaugural Dream State. Uh And this year it was in Mexico City. And I glanced at the lineup because it's on the poster. And I saw that Paul Van Dyke and Ferry Corsten were going to be there. Those names don't mean anything to me. You've never they mean nothing to you and many people, but Paul Van Dyke is an EDM trance whatever artist, and Ferry Corsten. I used to play on my on my techno radio show, the High Power Energy Hour on ninety four one The Dog in college. I used to play Ferry Corsten because he had these really good dance mixes. Okay, so, so of course, did did I, you go? I absolutely went. And? I absolutely went. And it was amazing. There were lasers and smoke everywhere. And it was awesome. Sweet. And I went by myself to a giant EDM festival in Mexico City. And I ended up meeting some some people there that were actually teaching high school. And they're from England. So they're, they're a bunch of British people. I met these four British folks. 
and we blokes. ended up. I believe they're it blokes. blokes. They, well, there was one female, and I believe that the blokes only reply to the males. That's true. I don't know what a female is. So there were three blokes and a lass. Mm, a it might lassie? be a lass. I feel like I feel like lass might be Irish though or Scottish. Three blokes, three blokes and a bird. It was a bird. Three blokes and a bird. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. You know what's weird? There's a bar around the corner from my job called Two Blokes and a Bird. That's weird. So I met three blokes and a bird, and then afterwards, we all had a jaunt over to a nearby telly, and we opened the rubbish Sorry, what bin. what did you say? We, we had a jaunt over to the telly, and we opened the rubbish bin. And took we a threw, lift to a flat? We threw it. <laughs> that was no. We threw another shrimp on the barbie. Then we took a lift to a flat, yeah, and it was a load of bollocks, but it was a jolly wee bit of time. I'm glad you had a good time at your EDM festival. We split a bottle of rum. Yeah, it was... But I thought you'd laugh because... And I, I I will say, the reason I thought you would laugh is because in America, EDM music and EDM festivals, the average age is like 20. It's young. But... According to these British lads, lasses, blokes, and birds, uh, that's not the case anywhere else. Like, in the international community, it's, it's the video gamer demographic, kind of 18 to 35. You don't have to justify going to a 16-year-old convention to me. It's fine. You can go. I'm not going to—I mean, I'm still going to call you creepy because it's creepy, but it's fine. Whenever I, when have I ever felt the need to justify going to see a bunch of 16-year-olds? Yeah, you. you really you really have never had Right. So anyway. That was I just wanted to mention the EDM festival because I thought you would find it ridiculous and it was a strange coincidence. But I do find it ridiculous. I'm glad you got to go. Paul Van Dyke was awesome. Yeah, and because of the exchange rate, the ticket was forty bucks. Which I assume that's cheap for that. I mean, think of any one day major festival. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. But it depends on where you are in America. In- are there differences other than age? Are there differences in the EDM crowds between America and, and I don't know, the rest of the world? Just everything that goes along with age. Okay. Because, you know, in America, it's like, if you got on the L in Chicago before or after a fest, you've got all these teens, and they're wearing the glowing outfits and the fluorescent mm-hmm. hats and all that crap. Most of that crap goes by the wayside because people are old enough to where they're like, we don't have to look like total freaks to enjoy this music. Right. But yeah, that's about it. Sweet. Yeah. You should uh, listen to dubstep more, John. You're right. I should. I've always said that. That actually used to be the subheader of our podcast. I've literally never said that. I don't like dubstep. Well, you're wrong. So uh, that, well, we talked about, do you have any other anecdotes involving your track? Did you have fun at least? In- I did. I did. I had a great time. It was great. It's just, it's a different type of challenge. It's a, you know, there's, even when you travel for leisure, even when you're traveling with like your partner, like even when when Casey and I have traveled before for for just fun, um, there are there are challenges that come along with traveling, like there just are. Um, mm. The challenges are no. Well, with somebody is always earlier. I mean, always easier. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Um, the challenges with a child are just a is a different set of challenges. And I think with more practice, it might it might be a little smoother than it was. Um, and we still we st- it was probably honestly for by traveling standards, it was probably relatively smooth to be with a two and a half year old. But it's just a different it's a different thing. It is a much different thing to travel with a two year old. In conclusion, therefore, this is the first sentence of my fifth paragraph. 
Oh, that's making it a paragraph. That's good. That's right. Well, cool. Um, well, uh, before we move on to the Game Life Balance segment, uh, can we give a shout-out, congratulations, to Ryan Dombrowski? He, really, he officially released his game, didn't he? Well, there's but even bigger than that, the Doom Ninja podcast is now a part of the Gunna Geek Network. That is more important. I agree. That is, that is more important than his life work. That's right. Yes, that is more important. You're right. No, we've got, we've got our, our super fan and listener and friend of the show and guy that I hung out with one time and then accidentally called a freak on the following episode of our podcast, um, even though he was really cool and totally normal and awesome. Uh, Ryan Dubrowski, who you know, that also... that just makes him sound like a freak when you say that. It just that's, <laughs> It doesn't actually make him sound normal. It's not, when I call, that's not something. That's not something you say about normal people. You don't say, "Oh, this guy that I met is a totally normal guy." <laughs> like you say, "Oh, he was cool," or "Yeah, we hung out. He was he was great." Like by by calling somebody normal, you kind of imply that they're not normal. I I don't know. You're, you're like, making it worse. You know, he called me out for this on a recent episode. Uh, so and you're only just making it worse. You are making it worse. You're the no, one that's doing it. I'm not. Anyway. Uh, Doom Ninja Podcast is now part of the Gun and Geek Network, and uh, nice to have and, you, Ryan. And at this point, I will just break the listeners' focus in the audio episode by inserting a commercial for for Doombrowski, just in general. Doombrowski.com. I make games. I'd love to help you make your game. From music and sound effects to arts and programming, I can do everything from the ground up to get a game ready to play. Specializing in 2D games for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and HTML5. Email me for a quote at owner at doombrowski.com. This week on the Doom Ninja podcast, I just want to let you know that they... So on the Gunna Geek Network, you can find at gunnageek.com. On episode 19, Titan Up Minion Masters. Titan Up Minion Masters. It's hard to say. Um, but this week on the Doom Ninja podcast, Nate, his co-host, explains the new Titanfall 2 update and future plans for Titanfall 2. He also didn't check his levels before recording, so it sounds like doo-doo. Why? You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say that, Nate. Come on. Give yourself some credit, man. Certainly not in the promo Come read. On, man. Anyway. <laughs> After Nate fixed his levels. Oh, so I guess it gets better. Uh, he and Ryan both go in-depth on their experience with the new early access game Minion Masters. The episode rounds out with Ryan and Nate both giving their game development updates. Yeah, no, I actually, I do listen to the podcast. I'm, I think I'm almost caught up. I may be one behind. But, um, but the, so Ryan is a game developer and Nate is kind of an amateur starting game developer from what I've gathered. And he's also a Twitch streamer. And so at the end, they talk about their... their and a totally normal guy. And a super normal. The most normal, tremendously normal. Um, and they, they talk about their game development process, which is, which is kind of fun to hear. And a few weeks ago, something happened and Nate basically lost everything with this game he'd been working on for six months or that nine months. That sounds awful. And so that sucks bad. And it's, it's really terrible. But... Since then, hearing his like kind of mental journey to trying to get himself in a place where he can start developing again, because like, yeah, because like when you lose all that progress, it's really hard to just. I would imagine it's devastating. Know, yes, right, really bad. So, um, it, it's been interesting hearing kind of his process, but I, I I'm optimistic. I, I think he sounds really positive, 
and Ryan's super encouraging, so it's cool. So um, I would really encourage our listeners to to start to give that a listen if you're interested in that process because um, now is a really good time because Nate's really kind of going to be starting over. So you could kind of follow everything starting now-ish or starting in January, let's say. Um, to, to kind of follow that saga. So, um, but, but I do like the podcast a lot. Um, uh, it is legitimately good and I do legitimately like it beyond just like, uh, and, uh, it's a and, totally yeah, normal podcast. It's super normal podcast. Yeah. No, losing all your stuff in a, uh, yeah, losing all your progress. That would be like if you were trying to marathon Final Fantasy VII and you were playing it in the middle of the night and you played for four hours without saving and then decided to fight an optional boss that then destroys you mm-hmm. and then you lose all your progress. I don't know if the you're... The only f- difference is that I did not create that game, so it's not my baby, whereas this was his baby, which is sad. It's very... that is that Like I said, it sounds very sad. Yeah, that is, but I've changed the subject now to talk about you and your terrible ineptitude at saving games in RPGs like Final Fantasy VII at I my apartment. I believe I had been drinking quite a bit. You'd been drinking apartment. quite a bit, and I told you to save. I was eh, sitting there. I don't I said, remember. Hey, I don't remember that. I actually think this is your fault for not telling you, me to save. Maybe you should save the game, John. Oh, we're Any, at Nibelheim. Anyway, we haven't saved since Midgar. Hmm. Ryan, maybe. It, is, it is nice to have both you and your totally normal co-host to have your totally normal podcast on the Gunna Geek Network. It's really great. So yeah, welcome. This is almost as bad as Game Life Balance Australia talking about us, which has been outrageously funny lately. So there you go. They're not part of the Guinea Geek Network, and based on everything they said in their last episode, they probably never will be. That's a joke that you'll only get if you listen. So now I'm making you listen to all the podcasts, huge number of podcasts, tremendous podcasts. So there you go. In the chat, Paul2k12 says, I love Cody Dang. Look at that hair. So now what, John? Now who hasn't saved his progress? I don't know what that means. How Still your, you. Do you want to do a balancing act? Yeah, we have to. It's part of the, it's part of the format. <laughs> have, you, have you ever listened to our show? Oh, wait, no, you haven't. No. All right, guys, it's time to get into balancing act. I tried desperately not to listen to our show. Balancing act. So this is the part of the show where we rate on a 3.141579962 scale how well we're doing at... Was that legit import- like nine digits of pi? Was that... Yeah, that actually was. You can look okay. it up. I don't, I'm not don't know. I, don't ask me why I know that. But you can, you can actually listen back and that was accurate. So um, anyway, we're... How satisfied are we with the number of video games we've been playing and kind of a, what we've been up to uh, playing... What have we been playing lately? Kind of an update... Um, in lieu of a full full reviews, we we actually post separate podcasts that are full video game reviews. John did his first one on Doom last week, so if you're interested in the 2016 edition of Doom, check out last week's episode. And uh, up upcoming episodes will include us reviewing Final Fantasy 14, Heaven's Ward, Gears of War 4, and Civilization 4. A lot of four, or no, Civilization 6. Um, in, in, in the next uh, several weeks. But in the meantime, what have you been playing and how's your, have, you, have you been making time for games, John? Before the trip, I just bought the new World of Warcraft expansion. I've been playing a bunch of that uh, just to try it out. It's very good. Um, but then I went on the trip and I thought I would have some time to do some mobile gaming, but there really wasn't time to do pretty much anything. 
uh, in terms of gaming. So honestly, my my game life balance is probably uh, it was probably like a a one point seven five on that three point one four scale. Actually, it could have even been lower than that. Uh, maybe one point five. Wow. On this guy, yeah, it wasn't what, good. What is your go? What is your go to airplane? Oh, you all right? You have a tablet, so on an airplane, you probably play like Final Fantasy Tactics or something, right? Actually, FTL is my go to iPad game. Still, right? I think FTL that is one of the, was your game. That is one of the best games that has really ever been made. I think. I don't think the listener realizes you're not being, you're not totally exaggerating. You really love that game. I am. No, I'm not exaggerating at all. FTL is amazing. It is an amazing game, and it work for an as far as iPad games that go. It's honestly one of the best because touch touch screen stuff, travel stuff, iPads, iPhones, phones in general. They still have quite a few challenges when it comes to interface for for video games. They just do, um, and FTL is just it feels like it was designed for one of them. It's it's awesome, cool. And, and uh, yeah, the first year that we ever did a podcast together, Unqualified Gamers, I believe it was either your game of the year or maybe one of your one or two runners-up, but it was up there. It is up there. It's still so listed have... as my favorite game on Steam. Really? Because I've never changed that, yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, see, I don't have a tablet, and so I, and I didn't feel like playing my 3DS because I didn't feel like playing Bravely right. Second for some reason. But um, <clears throat> I, I wanted I wanted a phone game, just a simple phone game that I can download, have on my phone, and play. Oh, like twenty, right? So that's not a thing that you can do. Like twenty forty eight, which everyone plays, but you can do in like a minute, and then you're bored. So I downloaded several games that I thought I could play on a plane. I got a I, I bought a game called Spellfall, which is one of the top puzzle games for iOS. I played it for a little bit, got really bored because it was super easy, so I stopped. Um, I don't know. Um, I re-downloaded Puzzle Quest 2 because Puzzle Quest is still a really, really good game, and I wish they would make another one, but they haven't. And I downloaded Lara Croft Go. Yeah, it's a, I've heard that's really good. It, it is really good. It's really fun. It's a Tomb Raider puzzle game for, for iOS, and it was a couple bucks, and it was, it was really fun. And I'm not done with it yet. So And... Most importantly, you can play without the internet. So, yeah, and they've actually got that. Uh, Square has a couple of of phone games. They've got Hitman Go, and they've got one other one too. That's a something Go. So they're they're uh, milking that now, at this point. Yeah, they're puzzle games. So I, I will probably review Lara Croft Go at some point. But in terms of my overall game life balance, it has been abysmal. I have I've barely even played Hearthstone. I Final Fantasy fifteen. It has been out for over two weeks, and I have played, I think now I'm finally at five hours. Which is frustrating, because I really want to hear about that game from somebody who's played it firsthand, not just reading reviews of it. So I, I kind of need you to play more of that. Yeah. That'll happen in time. Yeah. I will say my favorite part about the game has been my girlfriend making fun of it. She's been... I've been... I laughed so hard I cried last night, because she just... <laughs> John, it is, uh, man. It's a dude road trip. You want to hear first impressions? It's a, it's a dude road trip. First impressions are, I hate this game. Sweet. So there you go. There's a tease for when I get to play more. Good. I can't wait. Good. I can't, I can't wait to hear more then. No, as I, like, literally last night I was sitting there thinking to myself, 
I'm so angry that this is Final Fantasy 15. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking I want to be playing Final Fantasy 14 right now, and I was thinking Final Fantasy 13 started out so much better than this. Why don't you just go play Final Fantasy 14? Because if I don't get further into Final Fantasy 15, then it won't grow on me. Sometimes there's a some, you know what it, how it is with games. Sometimes there's a curve. Sure. And it's it's the setting that drives me crazy. I mean, you're you're a bunch of Japanese dudes in leather jackets in like some wild west hillbilly US in the 60s, but it's kind of a desert. It's dumb. It, there's so much dumb about it. There's so much wrong about it. And every time you boot up the game, it shows your party dramatically posing in these, like, J-pop, androgynous, crazy diva costume. I, I can't I can't process this game did quite you just, yet. Did you just, like, 16-year-old white girl that? Did you just say, like, I can't even? I literally I feel can't like, even. I feel like, I feel like you, said, you, you were about to say, I literally can't even. You know what? I bet I bet that that's a line of dialogue in the game. I will bet you $5 that that is a line of dialogue in the game. Because because Prompto said OMG out loud. Prompto said OMG the last time I played. We were running and a monster appeared and Prompto said OMG. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, Square Enix localization. But buckle up. I literally I literally can't even. Have you seen Conan O'Brien's Clueless Gamer segment on it? No. Watch that, and that will give you a real good idea of what this game is like. I don't know, man. I'm sure it will grow on me. The battle system is growing on me. I'm starting to get into it more, but so much of it has pissed me off. <laughs> so... Great. I can't wait, to hear, uh, can't wait to hear more about it then. I have a lot of time off around, some time off around the holidays. I will be marathoning it as much as I can. I'm hoping 8 to 12 hours and it hits a stride and I get really into it. I can see a lot of things that they're going for that could work out really well in the end. But so far, man, I don't know. I just want to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I think you just need to play more Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't know about that. Let me just put one more thing. Some of the, some of the dialogue sounds melodramatic compared to the dialogue in Final Fantasy thirteen. I'll put That's it there. That's pretty dramatic. Okay. I'll let that I'll let that speak for itself. Like I said, I'll probably end up loving it. I'm a Final Fantasy fanboy. I've played every Final Fantasy game and all the spin-offs from the main series. And I love love Final Fantasy. But so far, man, I don't know. It's a tough pill to swallow. Back to you, John. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Anything let's else wrap, wrap. fun going on on the Gun and Geek Network this week? Mm, let's take a look. Uh it looks like Let's go with with all things good and nerdy. Kind of one of the flagship shows. It's had episode 239, The Magic Loogie. It's another full show as Chris details Amazon's new grocery store of the future. Naki has the latest on the Galaxy Note 7, and Anthony is geeking out over the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. As per usual, there's a good deal of tangents this week. Speaking of the Galaxy Note 7, actually, on both of my flights, they said that it was illegal to have them on the flight, and that if you had one of them, you were supposed to tell a flight attendant immediately. Same here. Did you fly? I flew you. Who'd you fly? Delta. Oh, Delta. I was United. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then on the official GunnaGeek.com show, it's GunnaGeek, uh, com show number 171. The latest member of the GunnaGeek family, Nate from Doom Ninja Podcast, guests on this week's show to discuss two AT&T DirecTV Now topics, archive.org wanting to move to Canada, and a bunch of other geeky topics. Very cool. Yeah. 
Cool. I'm glad they're making the rounds already. I'm I'm pretty hype about the network. And uh, yeah, and go listen to Game Life Balance Australia this week if you haven't. They're not part of our network, but they are our sister show in Australia. And they go so off the rails this week, it's out of control. Quite literally, they spend half an they hour... such good accents. They're so good, the accent. Well, they spend about half an hour making fun of a person who they later find out may or may not be dead. And then they continue to make fun of him. Then they make fun of their own podcast for a while. Then they make fun of the fact that they made fun of a dead guy. And then they make fun of us extensively, which I'll be posting some clips of on, on my Twitter feed, which you can find at Producer Cody. And you can find uh, our other contact information, by the way, at GameLifeBalance.us. In fact, at this point, I'd like to thank you for listening to uh, the Game Life Balance US podcast, the Americana edition of the Game Life, Life Balance podcast. You know what? I should do this in a British version because... Uh, Your British accent's wonderful. Well, we should do a British version of this, the closing, since I hung out with some British blokes and birds earlier. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Governor, for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast. The Yankee, the Yank, the Dirty Yank edition of the Game Life Balance, uh, crikey. Please like, share, subscribe, love that bird, if you enjoyed that bloke. Please leave us a review, if you really want to make our fortnight. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network, gunnageek.com.uk, don't really put in .uk, or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at WGNplus.com. Learn more about the Game Life Balance network. It's not a network. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our jolly good sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us.co.uk but don't really put the .co.uk because it's just gamelifebalance.us and and then and then God save the queen that that ladies and gentlemen that is formal training I feel good about that that is formal training I feel good about that totally formal training that is fornicating formal Training. Fornicating? That is fornicating. Oi, that's a load of rubbish, governor. That's a load of rubbish there. Ain't that right? Crikey. It's getting worse. Put another shrimp on the barbie.